Welcome, everybody. It's Joe Harmon with at CBBDFS back with you. Um, with me today is James and Bird. I am a little bit hoarse today, as you can probably tell. So I'm going to let Bird, you're going to run point today on this podcast. But this is a big one. We, we are up and running. The, the season is today, depending on when you're listening to this. Today, it starts tonight, correct? Yeah, so we've got, we're recording this on Monday night. And so games will tip on Tuesday. And and Joe, you're an absolute warrior for fighting through the bronchitis here. Uh, we've got also uh, James is back. And James, how are we doing, buddy? We're doing great. Thanks for having me back on. Missed you guys. Back on. It's your show, buddy. <laughs> how was Germany? Oh, it was wonderful. It was wonderful, yeah. Had a great time there. Oktoberfest, uh, too many beers early on, but fully recovered and ready to talk about basketball. Yeah, all right. That's fantastic. And yeah, Joe, uh, thanks again for joining us. And I know you got bronchitis and you're kind of fighting through it. Let's just get started a little bit and talk about uh, for our Bucketheads what they can expect uh, from us this year from at CBB underscore DFS. Uh, we've worked really hard this offseason to improve our product. And, you know, last year we provided all our overviews uh, via Twitter. Uh, James, you want to talk a little bit about what our plan is this year for our content? Yeah, absolutely. So last year we predominantly delivered the game write-ups uh for the various slates that we had throughout the season uh, via Twitter, uh, we'd have three or four posts to try to cover a game. And so this time we, we thought it, instead of clogging up everybody's timeline, <laughs> we thought it'd be a better idea to uh, move that content over to a website. We're still very active on Twitter, so you'll still see us there a lot. Uh, but come on out to our website. We'll have uh, full write-ups. We'll have a little bit more room to talk about the games, talk about you know, kind of the, some of the inside points, but, you know, we're obviously sort of limited on Twitter on uh, what we could talk about. But uh, so expect uh, a little bit more content um, as well as uh, pictures and gifts and all those kinds of things as well. So um, website looks incredible. We've got six conference write-ups out there that we've done. If you haven't checked them out, I'll yes. get out there and, yeah. and, and look at them. We'll, uh, we'll be there this year for all your uh, CBB DFS needs. That's right. That's right. No, uh, yeah, we've been up for a while at cbb-dfs.com. It's a little different than the Twitter. Twitter's got the underscore, but cbb-dfs.com is where you can find that. We've got uh, some regular gambling stuff in there, our conference previews that are out. There was a coaching changes article that we did. Um, we're working hard for you guys, and we couldn't be more excited, more excited to dive into this thing. Yeah, pod, pods are out there as well. And uh, you can expect, you know, so we're going to do every DraftKings main slate uh, during the week. Uh, we'll also provide uh, the cash game GPP uh, value and bust plays on the weekends. Um, so you, you can expect content every day. And again, we'll push it out via Twitter. Um, but again, it's going to take you to that cbb-dfs.com. And James, I know you mentioned we did the conference previews. Uh, was there anything that stood out when you were doing those previews this year? You know, I think the... There was actually, I think, uh, as far as like the Big Ten goes, we'll start there. You've got uh, it's obviously a, a sort of a top-heavy conference. I feel like this year. I think I was a little bit down on it when we talked a couple months ago. I thought the the conference would be a little bit down this year. I think that that probably is the case still compared to last year. But uh, the two teams are at, at the top in Maryland and Michigan State are are really really good Final Four contenders for sure. Uh, and they're going to be loaded with with guys that are going to show up in people's rosters throughout the entire season. Um, and then you've got, uh, you know, I think some upstart teams that are making a lot of noise so far. I think teams like Illinois, teams like Rutgers um, will be better than they were last year. And again, you know, have guys on there that, that you've already heard of. Uh, some guys maybe you haven't heard of yet uh, that you're going to see a lot of. As far as the ACC goes, 
it's uh, I would say that they are down this year. Um, you know, just in this in the sense that you've got you know a Duke team that basically is reloaded. Yeah, they're all studs, but they're not the same guys, right? They're not Zion and RJ. They're not no, creating they're that not. kind of buzz. Same with with UNC. Um, you know that Roy is kind of um, a little bit out of his element this year. I would say uh, he's got a really really good point guard uh, that he brought in this year. But uh, you know beyond that, you don't have the you know usually he kind of brings on a couple really good players, five star players to go along with more of a veteran team. And this year it's it's a pretty young team, and he's got some transfers that he's brought in. So that's it's a little bit of unknown there. Um, um, I think it's going to be an exciting year. You've got some teams. Um, Notre Dame should be a lot better this year, much improved. Um, so I think I think it'll be exciting year, and, and and plenty of people to uh, to follow on DFS for sure. Yeah, I like that. And, and and speaking of exciting, you know, Joe, you've got the Big East, and I can't think yeah. of a more exciting conference in the nation than the Big East this year. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, you know, I'll keep mine short and sweet. Big, my conferences are switching roles. Last year, the SEC was going to be a lot of fun, and it was going to bring us a lot of DFS goodness. And the uh, Big East was kind of an unknown until it established itself late. And I think those two roles are going to reverse this year. From the jump, Marcus Howard, Miles Powell, uh, Alpha Diallo, uh, Kamar Baldwin, the Big East is loaded everyone on Villanova, um, whereas on the SEC side, it's going to be a wait and see. How does Kentucky emerge? We'll talk about them later today. Um, what's LSU look like? What are some of the freshmen coming in look like at Florida, at Georgia? What do the new coaching changes look like with Oates, uh, Buzz Williams, uh, Musselman? A lot of new faces in the SEC, but it's going to be an exciting year. I'm stoked with the two conferences I have. Yeah, I think that they're going to be a lot of fun. And I've got the Pac-12 and, and the Big 12. And really the big news lately in the Pac-12 is Quade Green has been deemed eligible. Clear, uh, yeah. Yeah, starting point guard day one for for the Huskies now, former former Kentucky Wildcat five-star yeah. recruit. So, uh, you know, that transfer portal, That transfer portal is clear as mud, right? Oh, my gosh. It's, it's a complete <laughs> mess. So you know, and the other the other news, uh, Oregon, they they got into Fale Dante late uh, in in the recruiting class, and then the NCA didn't get his paperwork done in time, so now he's ineligible for the first for the first semester. So yeah, the the NCA continues to find ways to to make themselves look foolish, um, but but it is what it is, and you know we'll move on. Pac-12 is going to be a lot better this year. Uh, Big 12 is going to be really really good. Uh, we're going to talk a lot, a lot about Kansas. Um, I think Baylor is going to be really good. Baylor and Washington play on Friday. Uh, so you can expect a nice write-up from us on that this weekend. But, you know, we have the start of the conference or the start of the season, you know, starts tomorrow. And and one of the things, you know, the rotations are unknown, the freshmen are unknown. And and so, Joe, what, what are some of your thoughts as, as we kind of begin a year and, and how do we how do we uh, try to find an edge early in the season? You know, this this is a good good question, and it, it's really hard to do, but it's one thing that the really good players in fantasy are better at than the average player. The people who do the extra research to go find a coach presser on YouTube or um, read into that uh, bleeding blue blog, you know, that's done by a, a diehard Kentucky fan. The people who do the, go that extra mile and look for these interviews or that are these clippings that are put out by SIDs that say what these teams are doing and what these rotations are looking like are the ones that are going to have the advantages when it comes to making the lineups. Now, we'll try to do our best to stay on top of some of that stuff, but ultimately, 
you can only see so much. There's 350 plus college basketball teams. You know, there's a lot of news circulating around there. So it's, it's a frustrating time of year. Um, but if you can get that edge or, or, or get in there, you know, find some of that good stuff, you can really, really exploit it. Yeah, I think there's yeah. going to be some, you know, you'll see on the early slate today, there's going to be some prices that are uh, probably a little bit off from, from maybe where they should be. There's some pricing inequities and then there's also things that there's a bunch of suspensions at the beginning of the year you know for example Thunderbird is going to be out for nc state and so what's right. the what's the trickle down effect from that so you know mandy bates sure. is probably going to start down low probably an advantage for james banks down low for georgia tech who had 19 points five rebounds and five blocks for nc state last year so there's those pricing inefficiencies and also just some of those late breaking news that we can kind of pivot from uh, james anything else you want to mention um, from the start of the year perspective yeah, two things. I think one is the freshmen that, that come in. So if you've been, you know, if you sort of follow high school recruiting and how that goes, sometimes you can hedge on talent, just pure talent. <laughs> if yeah. a guy is is really highly touted and uh, you know, and and you know that he's gonna play, he might not play right away, and that's something you kind of have to keep in mind. On the flip side of that, some of those guys tend to be higher priced maybe than they should, and we'll talk about a couple of those guys later. But the other thing too um, is really just you know, seeing what uh, a team is about, um, you know, how a coach likes to coach. And sometimes you can uh, tell a little bit over the summer, you know, so a lot of these teams will travel during the summer. They'll play in Europe, Italy, Israel, and you can kind of, um, you know, I wouldn't put all, all your eggs in it, but sometimes you can see, you know, who the leading scorers are, um, you know, who's getting the ball. Same with the exhibition games, same with secret scrimmages. If you hear about some of those and we try to post some of that information, as well. But I think, you know, those things are indicators. They're not perfect, uh, but they can give you an idea. Um, maybe what to expect early on uh, to try to, you know, find a guy that's uh, under the radar. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And and I think let's let's just jump into the slate. You know, we've got uh, we've got seven games, 14 teams on the slate tomorrow. And, and, and Joe, what are some of the things that really jumped out to you when you first saw the pricing? You know, when I first saw the pricing, I, I thought, I'm curious if this year is going to resemble what college football did this year. If you remember last year, for those of you who played DFS in college football, the quarterbacks like Will Greer and Tua, even last year, these guys were $10,000, $11,000. And they were great players, but they were super expensive. And it really made those rosters top-heavy. Then we all remember CBB last year with Zion and RJ, um, Carson, Hap. When we talk about these guys on slates, last year they would get into that 10, 11. Wasn't Ja 12-something when the tournament yeah. came around last year? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I wonder, football, CB, college football really took a shift down in their pricing from the top. And it really made people balance lineups, I think, really made the pool more competitive as a whole. I wonder if college basketball is going to do that as well. And by the looks of the first slate that came out, Cassius Winston, the highest guy at 8,800, I get a sense that they are going to kind of pump the brakes a little bit and back that down where there isn't going to be that guy um, uh, that's sitting at 10,000. I mean, I don't know. It's one of the things I'm very curious to watch, but Looking at the slate as a whole, it's it's a whole lot of middle, you know, and it's a whole it's priced like a whole lot of unknown because that's essentially what it is. Yeah, I think that's a good point, Joe. And I, you know, it's possible that this particular slate just doesn't have an Ethan Hap sort of guy on there that uh, you know you can just pencil in for a double double. So I, I'm not really sure. It'll be interesting when we get into some of these other, you know, John Mooney. I think is a guy that jumps out. That's probably going to be, you know, Trade as table. high as it gets. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Will be super high still. 
So it'll be, that, that'll, to me, will be the real test because, honestly, Winston was about 9,000, 9,100 at his peak last year. So sure. he's, a, he's about, you know, he's about where I would put him probably. But, um, you know, you get to some of these other guys that can really fill up the stat line. Um, I don't know. It'll be interesting. But I, I agree overall. I think that that probably is going to come down and probably should to a certain extent. Do you know what the deal is with all these ACC conference games to start the season? Yeah, so in short, uh, the ACC, much like the Big Ten did a couple of years ago, they moved to a 20-game conference from an 18-game. Uh, so they had to put those two games somewhere. And the commissioner, John Swafford, basically decided to be unique uh, and put them right at the beginning of the season. That is uh, unique. I, it is. That uh, was, you know, I, I don't know. There's probably lots that goes into that. Uh, they have deals with the ACC network um, that generates a lot of revenue for the the schools. And so I'm sure that that has a lot to do with it. I can't imagine the coaches like it, but it is what it is. And this is probably a little bit of sort of the new world that we're, that we're in right now, but um, it's pretty much exactly what the big 10 did a couple of years ago. Um, it's just, instead of playing the games in December, they put them right at the uh, beginning of conference. So here we're Yeah. The, the one thing that, that really stuck out to me, well, so we have a lot of great, a lot of great games. Uh, you know, obviously the first time ever we're going to have one versus two and two versus three. Uh, we've also got a really good game in the St. Mary's, Wisconsin. Um, are, are you guys going to play much of that St. Mary's, Wisconsin game, just given what likely is going to be a slow pace and a, more of a defensive-oriented game? I think there's value in it. I think you can find a couple values, and I don't want to spoil some of the stuff we'll get into later. But as a whole, I'm staying away from that game. Um, it is just two good defensive teams. It's, at a, it's in South Dakota, which is weird. I mean, I get it. It's a neutral site game. It probably pro Wisconsin crowd, but I mean, it's in South Dakota in early November, so it'll it'll be an interesting, it'll be a great basketball game if you want to see mm-hmm. good defense and good back picks. You know, this this is gonna have what you want. But uh, as far as the DFS perspective, outside of some value plays that we've identified, I'm not sure how much I'm gonna have of that one. Yeah, and you talk about defense, and, and the reality of it is, even in the champion, or even in the um, Champions Classic with with Kansas this year. They're going to be a top five defensive team in the nation. And Kentucky is probably going to be a top two defensive team in the nation. So you've got some elite defenses that are going to be on the slate tonight, which makes our life a little bit harder from a DFS perspective. We do have the advantage of it being super early, though, and teams are still figuring themselves out. You remember that Kentucky team last year? They got buried by Duke, just buried. And everybody's like, this team's terrible. But then as soon as Cal got a chance to work and figure out his rotations and see what his freshmen were and settle in on some things, that that, they team was as good as anybody at the end of the year last year. Mm -hmm. James, you talked a little bit about those ACC games to start with. Is there anything that piques your interest in those Virginia Tech Clemson and and the Georgia Tech NC State games? Yeah, you know, that they're kind of an interesting pair of games, really, because the, um, you know, the Clemson um, uh, Virginia Tech game is those two rosters are basically overturned from last year. And yeah. so there's a lot of unknown pieces, a lot of younger guys. Um, and there's some guys that I, I kind of like we'll get into later. But, um, you know, you had a brand new coach in Mike Young that took over for Buzz Williams. So it's a you don't really know what you're going to get there. It's sort of a preview. And I think there's a lot of people that really like the Clemson team. They brought in some pieces. They got um, some, some fortunate news in the uh, transfer portal <laughs> last week too. I think it's uh, Kamar Moore. I want to say um, was the Texas tech transfer and he's uh, became eligible all of a sudden. I don't know how it works, but um, <laughs> on the, the flip side, you've got the, 
NC State Georgia Tech teams, and uh, you know those are those are some teams that brought back a lot of guys, um, pretty strong identities. And I think as Bird had mentioned, you know Banks's game against them last year. Um, I we, we I wrote that game up last year. I actually went back to Twitter and took a look at it, and it's uh, you know NC State's a team that really wants to run you off the line. They want to force everything into the paint. And Banks is a guy that can get down there and do damage on both sides. Uh, incredibly long uh, athletes, not not going to jump out of the gym, but uh, he, he is a good player. And it's, uh, it's a really good bet. Um, it, not a bad play. He's a little bit higher priced than he was this time last year. But yeah, 8,300. Um, 8,300 for Banks today. He was 7,100 in that last game. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. So it, it'll be some interesting, but two interesting games, I think. And we'll, I think we'll find out a lot about all those teams. Yeah, hopefully Keats gives Markel Johnson a little bit more run this year. You know, he's shown a, a, a absolutely high ceiling. Uh, just sometimes they just don't give him the minutes. So hopefully they let him run wild this year. And I think we've teased it out a little bit that, you know, we've got some picks that we want to talk about. And and so this year we're going to track. We're going to give out cash games that we're hoping they hit at least a 4X value. Uh, a value play under 4,500 that we're hoping gets 5X. GPP plays that go for 5X or higher with bonus points for a 7X. And then busts, who players who we think are going to score less than 4X. So we're going to track those throughout the year. Um, but, Joe, do you want to start with cash games and, and talk about who you like from a cash game perspective? No, I'm really looking forward. I'm glad. So we did this last year on the weekends. For those of you who don't remember, when we would join the FSM podcast, um, we would join them as their college basketball experts because we did we don't write up weekend games just because we have families and lives and things of that nature. So we started doing this cash value GPP and bust selections. And that was kind of our here's what we saw on Saturday. Um, and last year we didn't keep track of this. So I'm excited this year that we're going to keep track of this because I want to taunt the crap out of you guys all season long with uh, out. Excuse me, how great my uh, calls are, um, which is probably sarcasm because I think I would have finished last last year. But uh, <laughs> so, so yeah, when, when we're talking cash and then for people who might be new to uh, to CBB and DFS, when we're talking about a cash game play, we're talking about a steady Eddie. This is your safe guy. Your cash game game means you're playing to get into that cash. Right. So if we're talking cash and we're talking safe for me, the, the choice is Peyton Pritchard out of Oregon. Um, this is a guy who really came on at the end of last year. I uh, really like his price at 7,200. Um, I think he's a pretty safe bet to hit four times his value in that one. Yeah, I love Peyton, Peyton Pritchard. Uh, there's a little bit of worries with the maybe a little bit slower paced game and, and things like that, but everything is going to run through Pritchard this year. Uh, he carried that team to the Sweet 16 last year. Uh, he's got some nice weapons around him. And, and so I like that play. He definitely has that high floor that we're looking for from a cash game. And, and James, who do you got? Um, I like Xavier Tillman. Um, he had a really strong finish to last season. I don't know if you guys remember, but Nick Ward was the guy that was incredible at the beginning of the season, the first half of the season. He got hurt, ended up missing a few games in the middle of the season. Tillman took over, and uh, Ward never really came back. You know, they had that wonderful Final Four run, and – it was pretty much Tillman's show, and so now he's got he's got it all locked down. Now they're going against pretty good defense, but I believe Kentucky um, is it uh, Richards? He's, he's been kind of hobbled. Yep. Yeah. So um, I think Montgomery might be guarding him. Who's more of a four? Yeah. Cal's got a and, problem with his effort too. Exactly. Exactly. So you know there there could be an opportunity there for Tillman, who's probably going to have a pretty good game anyway. Uh, he, he may have end up having a, a really good game if they if they find him early and often. 
Well, and with uh, Langford going down too, he's going to need to pick up the scoring option that he would have essentially, you know, had. Sure. Yep. Yeah, that's 16 points per game that they need to replace from Langford that they're counting on. And so, yeah, Tillman should see a ton of usage. We already know he's an elite rebounder. Uh, that one makes a lot of sense. And and for me, I'm going to go to that uh, to the Nevada Utah game, which has one of the higher over unders in the game. And Jalen Harris for Nevada, who may be a new name to some of our bucketheads, but Steve Alford's the coach there now. Uh, the Martin twins are gone. Caroline is gone. And, and Harris is a, is a transfer who sat out last year and was one of the best players they had in practices last year that nobody got to see because he couldn't play. He had to sit out. So he's 5,100. He's had over 20 points per game in both their exhibitions, shooting a ton. He's actually a pretty decent rebounder as well. So at that 5,100 price tag, he's one of my favorite plays on the slate. Yeah, period, period. Yep. Uh, so next we're going to talk a little bit about value plays. And, and so value plays, we're going to consider uh, players that are under $4,500 that are going to try to get 5X. Uh, a name we all kind of talked about uh, is Kithier from, from Michigan State. And James, you want to talk about him a little bit? Sure. Yeah, he's a guy that kind of came on uh, in the uh, kind of the exhibition uh, games and his, uh, they, they really, really like him. And so I, I look for him to think, I think it was, um, I want to say it was Aaron's maybe um, that they were looking at. I think he's going to end up taking more of that spot. Um, he'll back up Tillman at times. So I think it's a guy that's going to play a lot more than people probably expected. Um, and somebody that's been producing uh, so far in the off season, we'll see, we'll see what he well, does. <laughs> no, for sure. And let's not, this is, this isn't just a value play. This is purple unicorn territory. This is a guy who's $3,000 who's going to get minutes. You know, he's going to factor in yeah, rotation. Sure. He might not start for Michigan state from what I've been reading, but I'm heard when the game's on the line, he's going to be on the floor. Um, like you said, he's going to back up Tillman at the five and then he's probably the better fit at the four, but he might come off the bench to play that role and keep him fresher in case he's needed uh, at the five spot later. So um, I can't read anything but good things for him. And he's like, like we said, $3,000. This is a guy who needs 12 to get four X. So that's, that's yeah. uh this isn't a slate, and Bird, you can chime in on this one, but this isn't a slate where you need that $3,000 guy to fit in some huge studs. But if you do want to go high-priced, uh, Kithier's a good way to good way to save some money. Yeah, you can really load up on that high-end talent on this slate, and I think he had seven points and 11 rebounds in their last exhibition game. If he plays 20 to 25 minutes and, and can be a good rebounder, get a couple garbage buckets here, I mean, he's going to smash value, $3,000, literally the minimum price play. I think that's a great value. And Joe, like you said, that's a purple unicorn. And that's one of our emojis we used last year. And hopefully we hit a purple unicorn early here tonight. Yeah. And I I didn't really, I mean, since we were all kind of on Kith here, I didn't have an extra value play for for this. I'm going to, I'm going to use him too. So no, that's a, that's a good one. It was kind of challenging to find somebody below 4,500. I think when you get into the season, you start to see, you know, guys go down with injuries, um, Guys get in the doghouse, you know, get suspended. Oh, you know, yeah. Things happen. And, you know, some of these prices don't adjust uh, with the reality, and you can jump on and grab an edge there. That's an area where we had a lot of success last year, too. You know, it's like, oh, yeah. clearly this guy's sure. next to pick up the minutes. And we would be ahead of DK for a day or two. And that was one of those areas where our bucket sets, I think, profited last year. Agreed. Agreed. Um, so at the beginning of the year, it's, it's a little bit harder to do that because um, there's so many unknowns. And, you know, I think it, it, where the guys that we really liked are priced in that, you know, I would say 5,000 to maybe 5,500 range. But uh, one guy I really liked was uh, Evan Cole. 
he plays for Georgia Tech, and he's going to be backing up Banks, basically. We just talked about how had a monster game against NC State last year. Um, he'll also play a little bit at the four as well. Um, not entirely sure how much time he's going to get. He's 4,200, so he's a little bit higher than that you know, that rock-bottom 3,000 that Kithier is. But um, he's a guy that uh, I think could put up similar numbers in similar minutes if he gets those kinds of minutes, and that's sure. that's the – that's the part that you're gambling on a little bit, but um, that's a guy that, that I like and uh, will probably probably uh, you know take a flyer with in a couple of my lineups. Evan Cole, baby. I like it. <laughs> nice job, James. Way to find a deep cut there. And, and I, I'm, I'm with Joe. I didn't really find a whole lot of other players under 4,500, and, and I'm not sure you really need to dig that deep. Uh, on this slate, yeah. there's so many value plays in that 5K range that I'm not sure you need to go that low. Um, let, let's jump over to the GPP plays. And so when we say a GPP play, we're talking about those plays that are going to help you win a tournament, will help you win a, a large field tournament. And so we're looking for at least five X, the salary of that player. And, and we'll give a seven X bonus, uh, when we track these plays this year. And, and I'll start with, uh, with Duke and Matthew hurt. Uh, Matthew hurt is 5,400. Um, he is a top 10 prospect in the nation. He's an elite shooter. Um, our bucket heads know, I always talk about stretch fours against Kansas, and that's exactly what exactly what Matthew Hurt is. Um, they ran their offense through him in some of the exhibition games, and I just think he's such a great pivot off of the way way overpriced Vernon Carey. Uh, I think I think Matthew Hurt makes a lot of sense, and at that fifty four hundred price tag, you could be looking at a guy who's going to get you eighteen points and seven rebounds and a couple assists. I like it. Yeah. I like it. You are not on Carey at all tomorrow, are you? <laughs> I lose all of my money if Kerry does literally <laughs> anything. I, I just, I, for me, I think it's just a terrible matchup. He's going to go against uh, Yudoka Azabuki, mm-hmm. who has three years of college basketball. He is probably stronger than Vernon Carey. Even who's, is there anybody he's ever played against that's stronger than him? Probably not. Right. It just seems to me like it could be a case where Vernon Carey gets two quick fouls trying to compete against a veteran uh, beast down low. And, and I just, I think he's just way, way, way overpriced. Yeah, I agree with that. He's, what, he's 8,500? He's the second highest player on the slate, isn't he? Yeah. And this, and again, we said this every pod. Let's say it again. He is not Zion Williamson. Yeah, I, I like Hurt a lot, too. And I think his ability to rebound makes him especially attractive um, and, and all year. I think that, you know, he's a guy that can get on the weak side and grab some boards and, you know, step out and hit some threes. Uh, I think I think that's a really good pick. Yeah, I like it a lot. And and Joe, you talked a little bit. You know, we, Hap's gone from Wisconsin. Uh, you want to yeah. talk a little bit about your GPP option here? Uh, yeah, I mean, really, uh, what was it? Kaminsky, Hap. You can go right down the line of Wisconsin bigs, and I think the next one is Nate Reavers. I think he's poised to take that role. And if you're looking at uh, Ethan Hap, who last year was routinely 10K, and the guy who's assuming his minutes. The way they want to play offense isn't changed. It's still going to be very movement oriented with. Uh, versatile big kind of at the center points. And I think Nate Reavers is poised to be that guy. And even if you're telling me I can get him for 5,800 to play those roles and potentially have that kind of usage, even if he has 10% usage, that's still 22%. And I'll take that all day from a 5,800 big against a St. Mary's team. Yeah. That Reavers is a, he's a guy that has proven already that he can do that. Right. He had a game last year against Illinois that was 22 and 10. Yep. Um, with Hap, <laughs> yeah, we got it. some foul trouble in that game, but 
other games where, you know, double-digit scores, close to double-digit rebounds. So I, I think with some more minutes, more usage this year, I think you're absolutely right. I think that's the he, – he's up next. He's – yeah, and that's the way that program – is running and it runs efficiently that way. I think it's going to be a more guard oriented team this year, but at the same time, that's until Reavers, uh, you know, kind of assumes that role. Yeah, that's a great play. And, and you're right. The, 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 the game environment isn't the best, it uh, isn't. but his potential usage is, is fantastic. His price is fantastic as well. So great, great GPP play there. And, and real quick, I'll just go kind of a little contrarian. I love Malik Fitz as well from St. Mary's in this game um, because as Wisconsin kind of figures themselves out down low, and there is a much behind Reavers. Um, Malik Fitz is a guy, he's 7,500. Um, I wouldn't put him in that GPP. He'd be more of a cash game option. I think he's in store for a nice game as well, um, just because he's he's a veteran. He should be able to have his way in the paint. Yeah, Fitz would be an interesting pivot off of Tillman. You know, Tillman's $200 less. I think probably the majority of the players are going to gravitate towards Tillman. Uh, Fitz may be somebody they haven't heard of as much. So that could be one of your maybe your lower-owned GPP options that could help win you a tournament as well. And, and James, I know you've got a guy who's probably going to be lower-owned here, and that's one of those things in a GPP. You want to try to find those low-owned guys that can smash a, a slate and really give you a, a differential against the field. And, and so, James, you want to talk a little bit about your GPP play? Yeah, and if, uh, for the folks that have been out to our website and read our conference previews, this guy I talked about a lot. Uh, it's a guy that I really, really like this year, and – to be fair, it may take him a while to get um, established. Uh, it's, it's literally his first <laughs> college game. He's been there a year, but it's, it's Landers Nolly uh, with Virginia Tech, and he's a uh, you can get him at the guard or forward position. And DK is about forty nine hundred right now. Uh, he came in a year ago. Had to sit last year. He had some eligibility issues, but he is a guy that was an elite shooter in his class, um, one of the better shooters in his class. He put on. 30, depending on what you read, 30, 40 pounds of muscle uh, in that off year and in the off season. And he basically is playing the four. He basically owns the four and he's a wing. And so he, he's got that kind of skill set, but sort of out of necessity, he's going to be playing at the four. And uh, Young really loves him. And so I, I think he's going to play a lot of minutes. I think he's going to have a lot of usage. And I think he's a guy that's going to be looked to to really score the ball. Um, so I, I think at 4,900, you know, again, <laughs> you don't know what you're getting into yet. You know, it's the guy's first game, right? So you, you don't really know, but, uh, I think, you know, if, if you're going to take a shot, I, I think you could do a lot worse and, um, it, it could be a guy that might be the cheapest you see him all year. Yeah. I like that I call. Yeah. Great call, James. That's a, that's a really good one. And probably a newer name for, for a lot of our listeners. And, and so that's what we're, that's what we want to try to provide, right? We want to give you some of those some of those deep cuts along with the, with the guys you may have heard of before. And, and so let's finish off with uh, some bust plays here, some players that we don't think are going to go very well. And Joe, you want to get us started? Yeah. And I, I don't mean to cop this out and big shocker here. I'm writing this one up tomorrow, but I'm going back to St. Mary's and, uh, and Wisconsin and <clears throat> St. Mary's uh, has a guard that uh, I, I don't think I want any part of. Jordan Ford is 8,100. Um, this is a guy who's an absolute awesome scorer, um, but he doesn't do a lot of the ancillary stats that you'd really need to consistently hit that price point. Um, if you look at his game log last year, it was very scoring dependent. He was uh, routinely around 31 points a game, but it was all because he was averaging 22. I mean, there weren't a lot of assists. There weren't a lot of rebounds. He was an electric defender. 
I talked earlier about how Wisconsin's going to be a little more guard oriented and, and they got guards that like to play defense. Um, so I think he's going to have a rough go of it in that 8,100. It's just something I'm absolutely staying away from. I am confident that he will go under the four X with confidence. Yeah. With confidence. He is under four X. Yeah. I've got another one. I'm pretty confident on here and that's Isaiah Moss. Uh, Isaiah Moss is that the sharpshooting transfer from Iowa that's playing for Kansas. Well, he's been out with a hamstring injury. He's barely practiced. He paid, he played maybe five minutes of their last exhibition game, uh, and he's priced at 6,500. If he plays more than 10 minutes, I'd be shocked if he plays at all. And at that's at, at that 6,500 price point. That just it just it's a screaming fade uh, on Isaiah Moss. I don't have any I don't have any problems with that. Minutes definitely uh, can can kill you today real quick. Yeah, I mean he's he's a hundred dollars more than Oche Agbaji, who's going to play 35 minutes. So. It's just crazy. <laughs> right. You know, I, I saw Moss play for Iowa. He had some big games. Uh, he had some nice games, but uh, very inconsistent. You know, I, I'm kind of surprised at the pricing there a little bit. But I, I, I don't like uh, Cleo Whitney, actually, for Kentucky. <laughs> He's a, a highly touted five-star recruit. Um, wonderful athlete. Probably will be in the NBA one day. He's at 7,200, and he just has not looked good in the offseason yet, he's been struggling to kind of pick it up. Some of the other guys have um, kind of leapfrogged him a little bit in terms of um, just trust and <laughs> playing yeah. time. He had, the last exhibition game, he had 0.0 rebounds. Um, that's not, you know, that's not a sure thing. It doesn't mean that he's not going to come out, maybe score 20 points, but it's just a bad vibe. And for 7,200, uh, I think there's some better options out there. Uh, so yeah. for options for sure. Cool. And Calipari's echoing your bad vibes. It was supposed to be Whitney and Maxie. Um, actually, Maxie, the guard, is going to probably be their leading scorer this year. He's 6,300. I like him a million times better than Whitney, but Whitney mm-hmm. has really struggled. He's losing minutes at the three to Johnny Juzang and right. uh, Keon Brooks. They like both those guys. Brooks is 4,200, and I wouldn't be surprised if he got an extended run in this one. And That could be a nice little steal for somebody, but with the question marks around uh, the big with the ankle, um, you know, it's one of those things. Sestina at 6,300 looks way better. Maxi at 6,300 looks way better. And with the way Whitney has been played and with some of the comments Calipari's made, I'd, I'd stay away from that as well. Yeah, and I'll build off that. I even think, you know, Hagen's at 5,200 is a way better play. And uh, Emmanuel quickly, Calipari said, is their most improved player. He's 5,300, yeah. so... Quickly's playing off the ball now. He's he's. I mean, they're kind of positionless at Kentucky. They don't have a true point guard, but his his responsibilities as a ball handler is diminished. And you know, from the comments I'm getting, uh, Cal's just letting quickly go. He's actually been their leading scorer so far in the preseason. Yeah, I like I like any of those guards better, and like you said, I like Sestina uh, better as well. So that's a strong one there. Hey, let's get to uh, one other thing that we did on Twitter last year was we had either some bold predictions or. Uh, sometimes we turn those into some bets. I know I hit a I hit a fourteen parlay last year, but any uh, nice little humble brag on my part. But any uh, bold predictions or bets that you guys have uh, for for the opening night? From a betting standpoint, and this is lines already changed <laughs> from just even a couple hours ago when I was looking at it. But the Georgia Tech NC State game uh, is sitting. It opened at a one fifty one with minus eight and a half for North Carolina State. Now we already had discussed what happened last time. Um, I think North Carolina State is a better – I think they'll be a better team this year. Um, 
I think, uh, to Bird's point earlier, Johnson will be really, really good, and I think he's he's going to be difficult to stop. That being said, um, I love the under on that game, and uh, I really like Georgia Tech uh, with the points. So that that would be, um, you know, in terms of betting, maybe not a super bold prediction there, but um, that that's already moved that direction <laughs> since the last time I looked. So, so get in uh, now. Evidently, get I'm not the only now. one. Yeah, get in while you can. Yeah, I, I like uh, I like Kansas, and, and not just I, I'm not. This is not just a straight homer pick. I was are shocked. You sure? Are you sure? I'm sure. I, I'm I'm the first to bet against Kansas when the line is wrong, and and I was shocked to see that they're two and a half point underdogs against a Duke team that has a ton of question marks. Obviously, Trey Jones is a very good player, but I'm not sure he can shoot. Uh, we have already talked about our thoughts on Vernon Carey, and you've got a lot of unknown guys um, on the perimeter, and I just. I'm just shocked that this. I, I would take Kansas in the points and feel very, very good about it. And I don't, I don't really have anything that stuck out at me. You know, lines have been kind of hard to put my finger on right now. I'm sure tomorrow morning, when people are listening to this pod, they're going to be looking at a fresh patch of lines that have changed a little bit. I think that Kansas one's already moving. Last I heard, it was at one and a half. So, like, like James Bird, I think we got to get in on those quickly. But I agree with you, Kansas to me. Um, should handle Duke in this in this opening game in the Champions Classic. Oh, I was just going to say the uh, Michigan State uh, Kentucky. I don't think we talked about that sitting at about 100. Uh, opened at 141, sitting at about 139 and a half right now. Uh, minus three Michigan State. That seems like a pretty tight line. Uh, but the way you guys talk about Kentucky this year makes me think like maybe that'll be a more competitive game than I thought it would be. I, I think Kentucky is going to be an elite defensive team. Are they going to be elite on on Tuesday? I'm not so sure. Um, I, I think it would help Montgomery is going to need to take a major step up for that team to be as successful as I think people want them to be. Um, but Michigan state's got some injuries, uh, as well to deal with. So I, I think it's going to be a really good game. I would personally stay away from, from that game. I, I don't have a good feel for it. Yeah. I, I'd, I'd play Michigan state if I had to play it. Um, and I, I really kind of think coach Cal likes taking those beats early in the year, you know, fuel that young team and give them something to, to point out to these five stars that, Hey, they're better basketball players. You're better athletes, but they're better basketball players. And then he can use that as his building block to, to build his team for the season. Well, guys, I think we hit on the majority of the things that we wanted to talk about. Uh, anything you guys wanted to say before I wrap us up? It's good to be back. Oh, it's great to be back. Um, I think we're planning on doing a pod every couple of weeks. Um, and then hopefully if we get good at this thing, knocking one out weekly when the conference season gets going, um, the way it falls is we normally have a pretty good holiday tournament or, or something happening the weekend that we're going to drop one. Um, but you know, uh, we'll do what the bucket heads want. So that's kind of what we're looking at right now. Right? Yes. Send us your feedback and, and again, follow us on Twitter at CBB underscore DFS. And again, we'll tweet out when we have our our overviews ready for the day, and those will be out on cbb-dfs.com. Uh, the other thing, you know, hey, we're, we're doing this for free, guys, right? We're we're providing you what we feel like is really, really quality content to help you make a great lineup every day, and we're doing it for free. So if we, please, uh, you know, if you can go out and rate uh, the pod or if you can go out and, you know, give us some clicks on, on Twitter, add us some followers. Uh, we're really trying to build a community here with the Bucketheads and, and try to give you guys something valuable. And, and we and we want to win all the money, right, guys? That's, that's, that's the right. number one goal. All right. Thanks again, Bucketheads. And keep an eye out for those overviews tomorrow and have a great night. Yeah, let's tip it off. Thanks a lot. See you soon.